0: Hi, I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies,
0: a podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it.
1: Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies.
0: Well, hello, and welcome to episode 154 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here, as always, with Michaela. And Michaela, show me the money. Uh, show me the money. Uh, I, you have me at hello. Uh, what, what were already the other ones? Uh, uh, you I mean, I can't, me, uh, all you complete things. me. There's all a the couple things.
1: that I can't say because we're trying to not cuss on this, but mm. you, my Emmer effer, like that's a good one. <laughs> That's right. um, uh, get, uh, get you're me my master or
0: something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, there's right. there's a bunch. I was looking up a list uh, for today's film, which is uh, Jerry Maguire. We're going to be talking about, and apparently, like it's the like the number like 26th most like quotable film or something according to the American Film Institute. So it's got that going for it uh, for sure. It's got some uh, good quotes, some good lines, some good acting, uh, and we've got a good cocktail to talk about today. But Michaela, we're talking about Jerry Maguire today. Uh, sports movies, sports movies aren't really your jam, but what about Jerry Maguire?
1: Uh, Jerry Maguire is not just a sports movie. It is a movie about the changing of a person's soul. It mm. is a film that is inspired by some of the mes- most amazing music of all time. Uh, it oh. is a it's it's got sports in it, but like real good, great sports films, it's very rarely actually about the sport itself um and and really about the relationships and the and the the things that happen inside the the sporting world and that's what i really love about it um a fun fact so i i keep talking about the oscars this film uh Cuba Gooding Jr. won uh, Best Supporting Actor, and when he did, he gave the most amazing uh, gratitude speech probably ever in the history, mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least for the next couple of years. Uh, because after this, uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck gave gave a very similar kind of speech, and they even referenced Cuba Gooding Jr.'s thank you speech in their thank you speech, uh, because Cuba Gooding Jr. pretty much thanked everybody by name that he had ever met in his entire life um, in those in that. 17 second uh, time that he had to, to talk about uh, what it meant for him to win the Academy award. And that was the very first time I remember actually watching, watching the Oscars live. So- so that, th- this takes me back uh, to my 15-year-old days, Brian.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. Just like uh, Rod Tidwell has to go through his list of uh, thanks at the end of the film, Koopa uh, Gooding Jr. was going through his list of thanks uh, there at the Oscars. A spoiler for, uh, for our section there when we get to the Oscars. So uh, let's do this, Michaela. Let's uh, go ahead and take a quick break. We've got a really fun uh, cocktail that's going to play a lot of different ways, I think, uh, which is great. Uh, let's do that. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to whip up this week's drink.
1: So, Brian, we had a couple of options for cocktails for Jerry Maguire. One of the things that uh, they had actually in the movie was this red beer thing. Um, and it yeah. was basically beer and tomato juice. And I thought that sounded Gross. vile. So I I decided. That's a real thing it is a real but, thing and and hey any of our listeners out there uh, thinking that we're missing the mark there and we really should do that and have a recipe they want to share with us that's great uh we're not doing that mm-hmm, today mm-hmm, uh because mm-hmm. i want to retain my taste buds for the next week uh but what i did find was mainspirits.com had this really neat looking uh cocktail called you had me at hello which sounds mm-hmm. really good yes. because that is probably the most famous line of all the quotable quotes from this uh, film. It's it is, arguably.
0: It is, it, it is certainly one of them. It's certainly one of them. Yeah, make yourself a, a bloody beer, I think is what he calls it in the film if you want to do that. Oh. Although the guy that makes that totally uh hoodwinks, jerry Maguire. So uh not a good look uh for that guy, not a good tasting drink, although that is a thing. I've never heard it called a bloody beer anywhere than other than this film. But yeah, we are doing the You Had Me at Hello uh today. And this sounds way better. Way, way better. I don't know if yeah. Renee Zellweger, uh aka Dorothy Boyd would uh like to drink one of these, probably. Uh on a side note, uh, as they're poor. Uh, and struggling for money. They have a wedding and have like fifteen bottles of Moe Shandon. So maybe uh, maybe cut some bucks right there on your wedding expenses on okay. a side note. But let's get mm. into this. Uh, you had me at hello. Uh, this yeah. one also is going to feature some good ingredients here. So we've got two ounces of vodka a half ounce of lime juice and one teaspoon of agave syrup. Um, I would go ahead and put that into a shaker tin just so you can uh, get it mixed up really good with that agave syrup. And then uh, you're going to strain that into like a coupe glass uh, or like a wine goblet would be nice for this as well. Mm. Sure. Uh, you're gonna put a you're gonna put a scoop of raspberry sorbet in there and then top it with uh with that vodka lime juice agave and then you know float the rest of the way up with some prosecco, you are good to go. Um this cocktail is great, Michaela, because A, it's delicious. Get a little bit of sweetness from the agave syrup, obviously get the, the sweetness from the sorbet. Um, but it's perfect because uh, you don't have to use raspberry sorbet, use whatever kind of sorbet. So have a sorbet party. Uh, and make these cocktails up. This is like the fanciest of like brunch, uh, cocktail party type things ever. This is perfect.
1: Yeah, it sure is. One of our favorite bartenders that we, uh, that loves to listen to us. Will, he, uh, actually asked me about this. He was like, Hey, there's a, um, there's a whole slew of non-dairy sorbet that you could use that would make this amazing. Um, are the place where we normally go, me and my son once a week has uh, a, uh, like haagen they have like 15 different types of sorbet. So give it a shot. Mm. If raspberry is not your thing, there's a mango in there. I'm sure there's like a lemon sorbet. You could probably do a lime sorbet if you wanted it really limey. I really like the fact that this um, really balances out that sweet versus kind of tartness. Um, I do like a good raspberry sorbet. If it's made well enough, it's going to have kind of the bite of a raspberry, but not be so tart that you're left puckering. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love that. Um, I mean, for the Prosecco... You know, you don't need to spend a ton of money. Um, you could do like a La Marca if you really want. Um, but the, the, at least in the Americas, that's kind of a higher price Prosecco. You don't have to do that um, because yep. it's going to mix uh, really nicely with the sorbet and kind of muddle some of the Prosecco flavor. So it's not going to you're not going to need um, to spend a lot of money on the Prosecco here. Uh, not saying you need to do Wycliffe like I do, but, you know, somewhere in between.
0: Somewhere in between. Yeah, for sure. And if you wanted to do the mocktail roots, you could uh, swap out uh, the Prosecco for some Sprite. And obviously, uh, just skip the vodka. Just do the lime juice, some agave uh, or honey if you don't have agave syrup. And then uh, a little bit of Sprite in there uh, with the sorbet. That's going to be really good, too. So uh, that's going to be perfect uh, for date night, especially if you're dating, uh, you know, single mom, uh, Dorothy Boyd, and you're going home. You have to have to hang out with her and her kid. That's going to be great. This is going to play a couple of ways. So let's do this, Michaela. Let's go mix one of these up. And then we'll be right back to chat about this week's film. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the
1: power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDIC.
0: My name is Jerry Maguire. I'm a sports agent. You could say I'm at the top of my game, but something just isn't right. Jerry Maguire. What can I do for you, Rod? Uh, show me the money. Show you know, me the money! Money!
1: Spoiler warning for Jerry Maguire. If you've not yet seen this 1996 American romantic sports comedy drama film that was directed, written and co-produced by Cameron (laughs) Crowe, spoiler, because we're going to talk about all the things. The boy gets the girl. The boy becomes the ambassador of Kwan. All of the things that make this film uh, one of the the best like sleeper classics in the last mm. thir- almost 30 years. I can't believe this film's almost 30 years old, Brian. It's the crazy is, to
0: me. The film is almost 30 years old, which uh, means that we're even older than that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, as you mentioned, Michaela released in 1996, written and directed by Cameron Crowe, and this, of course, stars Tom Cruise as the titular sports agent Jerry Maguire, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. as his last and only client Rod Tidwell, and Renee Zellweger plays Dorothy Boyd, uh, the only employee uh, slash love of the life of Jerry Maguire. So, uh, Michaela, this uh, film came out, did pretty good. It made a lot of money uh, at the box office. Also, it did pretty good uh, come Academy Award night in terms of uh, uh, some nominations there and the one big win, which you uh, mentioned in the... Uh, Opening uh, bit of the episode there, nominated for five Academy Awards. So Joe Hutching, uh, nominated for Best Editing, Cameron Crowe for the original screenplay there. Tom Cruise, nominated for Best Actor, and it was nominated for the Best Picture of the Year. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. wins for Supporting Actor. Uh, on a side note, in the Golden Globes, Tom Cruise won and Cuba Gooding Jr. lost. So a bit of a flip-flop there uh, for the Academy Awards. So that's kind of, uh, kind of interesting, I think. So... Uh, jerry mcguire it came out in 1996 we were both uh you know like 14 ish i think probably when this came out so um i remember seeing it kind of around that time but what i remember more than the actual movie itself uh is everyone just saying these lines all the time saturday night live every commercial every like person you knew walking down the street would just randomly like stop and shout show me the money uh at you uh whether it had any sort of context to anything that was going on show me the- The lines from this movie were as big or bigger than the movie, I think.
1: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I feel like I knew all of these lines way before I had seen the film. Um, I definitely saw the film in the 90s. Uh, I saw it before I went off to college. But I feel like I was pro- it was probably 97 or 98 before I actually saw it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I knew all the lines. And so it was really interesting uh, because at the end, you kind of know what's going to happen because you know that Renee Zellweger, like, uh kind of tearfully is like, You had me and hello. And like her voice mm-hmm. chokes up, yep. and everybody just remembers that. Um, I also remember the soundtrack, and we really got to talk about that. Uh, Cameron Crow is known now as this legendary soundtrack picker for all of these shows that he's done. Uh, I'm looking at you, Roadies. It's amazing. It's only one season. Go watch it. Um, but th- there have been uh th- he did singles, he did this, he's done a bunch of other stuff that's amazing. And yeah. most- you missed,
0: you missed the most important soundtrack one that he did of course is almost famous but uh, go on oh
1: of course gosh yeah sorry um you're right uh but he's he's done oh say anything he also did say anything which is big in in the music uh from a soundtrack perspective um but this soundtrack is is really kind of i want to say the most eclectic uh it's got everything Mm -hmm, from like mm -hmm. elvis to like Bruce Springsteen has one of the most amazing songs that he's ever done. I know that 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 that's a big that's a big claim, but I really love the Bruce Springsteen song on this album. Um sure. oh, it's just so great. This whole soundtrack is amazing. And one one of the things that I find so great about this is he the way they tell the story with the overlay at the beginning and can they kind of um use Jerry Maguire as a kind of a narrator at first, telling his own story, and then mm-hmm. they shift um with the music as well and you really beautifully
0: done yeah for sure um yeah you mentioned kind of the beginning there and it starts almost with like a monologue that uh, tom cruise uh, jerry Maguire, uh, is giving almost like in the first like 10 minutes of the film he's just kind of narrating uh this bit right and it's talking a little bit about uh kind of you know who a sports agent is who jerry Maguire is in relation to being a sports agent it's kind of kind of going through and you know showing him you know in these uh, very expensive suits going to these uh very fancy uh looking parties and talking to these uh very famous, uh, athletes, uh, you know, as this, uh, superstar sports agent kind of a thing, but he's going to have a little bit of a meeting, uh, there, one of his, uh, clients, uh, I believe is a hockey player. There is in the hospital with like his, uh, fourth concussion and his son tells him. So says F you, uh, to Jerry Maguire, this, uh, this young boy says, you gotta, you know, someone needs to protect my dad. And if you, uh, his agent isn't going to do it, then who's going to do it. Right. He's said uh, he could die out there. And Jerry Maguire, uh, takes that lesson to heart. So uh, a little bit of booze, a little bit of you's uh, from that kid are going to, uh, set him home to write uh, this twenty-five page uh, memorandum, aka mission statement. About it was a mission he,
1: statement, right? What it he wants to statement. do.
0: I began writing what they call a mission statement, not a memo, a mission statement. You know, a suggestion for the future of our company it was a mission statement, uh, what he wants to do um, in terms of being a sports agent. Uh, and he thinks it's going to be a really good idea uh, to send this out to all of these other uh, high-flying sports agents out there uh, who only care about money. And they all say, that's that that's really great, Jerry Maguire. We totally agree with you, except not really, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, except not really, by the way. And to be fair, when I first saw this as a young you know, teenager, I didn't understand what the big deal was. I honestly didn't. I was like, I don't. I mean, other than the fact that he, he's, he, it's a little OTT. It's a little over the top. Twenty-five pages being like, we should pay more <laughs> attention to clients. We should, you know. I mean, that's you long don't need for 25. a memo
0: or a mission statement.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really long. But um, the fact that he goes to all this trouble to make it look like Catcher in the Rye and all of that, right? And you've got Jesus yeah. basically um, like talking to him at the freaking Kinkos or whatever uh, the or copy, at the coffee like, shop. Yeah, for at sure, At the copy place. Like, I didn't understand why it was that big of a deal for him to get fired. But I'll tell you right now, as a member of corporate America, if somebody was like, hey, we need to do less and make less money, this is exactly what would happen. Okay, Mm. we'd be like, this is great. This is so wonderful. Okay, can someone take him to his favorite place for lunch and let him go? That sounds like a plan. So- Unfortunately uh, for Jerry Maguire, that's exactly what happens. Now, Jerry Maguire is at kind of a pinnacle. He's at a very important kind of uh, time in his life. So not only is he this mm-hmm. like 35-year-old mm-hmm. sports agent, he's about to get married to the absolutely beautiful slash perhaps disturbed Avery Bishop, uh, played by the gorgeous and wonderfully talented Kelly Preston. and. I have to say, this is one of my favorite uh, roles that she's in. She's only in maybe 15 minutes of this film, but I think she just owns it so beautifully because (laughs) she just has this very specific idea of what she is going to do with her life and who she's going to be with. And when Jerry gets laid off or fired... Uh, she's like it's fine you're g- we're going to we're going to regroup we're going to keep going um you are not a loser you're you're going to figure this out and he's like well am, am i going to figure it out and she's <laughs> like you better you better figure you, this out because because i have a i have a we have a wedding i have a mountain to climb i got things to do right she's things very much like trying to be this couple of like hey we're going to have brutal honesty with each other there is a sensitivity thing that some people have i don't have it i don't cry at movies i don't gush over babies i don't start celebrating christmas five months early and i don't tell a man who just screwed up both our lives oh poor baby that's me for better or worse but i do love you but really she's just brutal (laughs) and she's amazing in it
0: she is amazing yeah. in it. I love the the transition to meeting her character too, because, uh, kind of at the beginning of this film, I uh, get Jerry Maguire there. He's, uh, he's on the airplane, rides right, up in first class, and he's, uh, talking to this girl sitting next to him, and she's like going through, uh, the, the proposal story. And you have, uh, Dorothy Boyd, played by renell uh Renee Zellweger, uh, there. He's sitting in coach with her son, and, and she's like, she's like crawling down the aisle of the plane, like hanging on every word that Jerry Maguire is saying about love. And, uh, she's just so, like, infatuated with it. And then, you know, it gives, uh, to the airports and she's looking for his son and uh she recognizes uh, Jerry McGuire there as someone because they both work in the same office there, that uh, sports marketing or uh, sports management agency and uh she says something uh to the effect of uh his fiance must be like the classiest lady ever and it you know transitions to the scene that gets at the R rating uh that it has there in the film. Uh there with uh Kelly Priston, uh, playing Avery Bishop there, the, uh, the fiance. So that's pretty great. But yeah, as we mentioned, you know, Jerry Maguire, he writes this memo slash, uh, mission statement. He passes it around and then, yeah, uh, going to get axe from your job, right? Don't, uh, ask these people, these sharks in suits that, uh, really are only existing to make money, uh, for this place to, uh, not do that anymore. So, uh, he goes and his former protege, Bob Sugar, played by Jay Moore, uh, is going to take him to this place for lunch and, uh, goes and says, uh, yeah, you're fired, uh, Yeah, you really are. You should say something. And they they kind of go through that. And then you get the maybe my favorite bit of the movie. Right. Jerry Maguire's there. He's like running back to his office to try to make all these calls. And you've got Bob Sugar there on a cell phone. And there's like an assistant to him just handing him cell phones as they're going through like the entire client list for Jerry Maguire and Jerry Maguire. Uh, keeps two of his uh of his clients right so he keeps yep. of course uh rod tidwell played by cuba gooding jr and he also keeps uh maybe the more important one at least here at the start uh what is this is like frank Cushman, frank i Cush. think is, is the name right he's uh, gonna right. be the number one draft pick potentially uh played by jerry o'connell and that, that's the big that's the bigger fish uh which right. rubs rod tidwell the wrong way a little bit but you gotta you gotta make money You can't just be poor on the street uh yeah. but luckily he's got a couple things going with him some fish <laughs> And Dorothy.
1: (laughs) Some fish and Dorothy. That's right. Uh, I will go with you.
0: Dorothy Boyd, thank you.
1: I do love this scene because it is very much like when he he exits his office and his own admin assistant is like, Jerry, we're three months away from the pay increase. Like, I'm not going with you. Like, you're on your own. And he's like, what? Um, He's like, you know, we're going to go do something really inspiring and I'm going to go live by these values that now are, you know, putting me on the unemployment junket. And Dorothy Boyd is like, I will go with you. And it's this really beautiful moment. Um Uh, But then, of course, I love when they get into the elevator and the first thing she asks him, she's like, you're going to have like medical insurance, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because I live in America and and it's really tied like the the health of my only son is tied to whether or not uh, I have a job that can help me pay for my uh, medical insurance. So it's very um, poor, Jerry, like he he has he has rod tidwell rod tidwell has put him through one of the reasons why he doesn't have any other clients is because rod tidwell was talking to him for like an hour telling him to uh, about all his problems and how he wants his personal attention and his wife is you know they have a son but his wife is pregnant and they have like this ant problem in their house and he needs to make like 10 million dollars and he wants arizona state he wants to be an arizona cardinal again and all of this and and um and so Jerry Maguire has to really manage that uh, need that Rod Tidwell ha- has for personal attention with kind of the golden paycheck, which is uh, Frank Cush, uh, who's going to be this draft kid, right? And mm-hmm. Jerry O'Connell's amazing because if, if nobody remembers, Jerry O'Connell was Vern in, in Stand By Me, and he does not look like Vern now. He is like super tall he's ripped he's you know he plays the guitar he's like on his on his couch and he's like kush lash kush lash he's got like all of these really like neat um i the word has left me brian he's got all these really like pepsi wa- endorsements he's got all these yeah. really cool mm-hmm, endorsements mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um there's a guy that yeah, he like tells delivers. The guy at the ho-
0: he tells the guy at the hotel he's like what size shoe do you wear it's like <laughs> 11 and a half he's like take two on your way out
1: Like <laughs> so cool right um
0: But there's this Cush hats. Right.
1: And there's this ESPN like symposium that happens. And I really love the beginning of this because Jerry Maguire uh, asks Rod Tidwell to show up, even though there's really nothing Rod Tidwell is going to be doing there. There's no he's not part of the draft. He's not you know, he's not making any deals. He's waiting for his offer to come in. Um, You know, Jerry O'Connell is there. Frank Cush is there to like go be part of the draft. But. All Rod Tidwell's going to do is walk the lobby. And it's the one of the most amazing scenes uh, of this film because you see all of these real um, commentators from ESPN talking football, talking things that mm, I have yeah. no idea anything about. I find American football pretty boring. Sorry, not sorry. But this part makes it look really exciting because they're talking about techniques and who he is and all of these stats and all of this stuff and how he, uh, how Rod Tidwell is like this... Uh, amazing um, kind of best kept secret of the NFL. And it's really neat the way that uh, Jerry Maguire kind of shows off Rod and then their relationship at the end of that, he said, look, you know, for about, you know, an hour, you quit being this person asking about what I, what I, what am I going to get? How how, are you going to show me the money? You just kind of Yeah. We're this really connected person that that connected people to a sport that they loved. And that's the thing that, you know, Jerry Maguire has to tell Rod Tidwell over and over again in a in a frame of friendship that really is gonna ultimately get what Rod Tidwell wants, which is a really amazing gig, making tons of money playing the, you know, NFL sports
0: that's right yeah so uh so frank uh cushman cush there is the uh is the golden child but unfortunately you know jerry mcguire doesn't get that in writing uh his dad says that his word is strong as oak but that apparently is a lie or it's terrible oak tree that he's talking about because uh he goes and signs with bob sugar uh the absolute worst so uh he loses out on his golden ticket right Uh, he goes from having this client that's about ready to make i don't know like 50 million dollars to you know rod tidwell who's uh on the uh on the edge of not even you know being anyone in the nfl anymore so that's kind of his last client to And we're going to spend the next kind of, you know, the next like third of the film basically kind of exploring that friendship but we're also going to be exploring uh kind of this relationship that jerry Maguire is going to be starting with dorothy boyd obviously uh you know dorothy left to go uh work for him but there's going to be some immediate sparks flying including uh your first night at your new job with your employee uh going to lean over for a kiss that's not great uh and so says dorothy's i think it's her sister it's uh, her Lola sister boyd who's played by bonnie hunt bonnie hunt is amazing in this like the entire movie she's like i don't like that guy i don't trust that guy uh, she even says you know that guy is lonely and broken and he would go home with a garden tool tonight so watch what you're doing dorothy but dorothy doesn't listen to her sister dorothy, i mean dorothy is uh is uh awestruck by jerry mcguire and you know who else is awestruck by jerry mcguire ray her son played by jonathan lipnicki uh who has some of the best lines in the movie including that your uh your head weighs eight pounds michaela did you know that
1: i didn't i didn't know that and i can't compete with it.
0: You know- I can't compete with that.
1: Yeah, it's look as a mom. One of the sexiest things you could do is be like really sweet to my kid. I mean, it helps that you look like Tom Cruise. I mean that that helps. But um, you're right, Bonnie Hunt is amazing. He, she's like, look, people are different people. He's hanging onto the bottom rung, like, and to be fair, Jerry Maguire shows up and he's in these dark glasses it's the middle of the night he's obviously like way drunk um it's like and risky he business 2.0 it, it really is and then he takes off his glasses and you can see that he's got like this giant tear in his eye because avery was like dude you lost kush what the hell i'm just gonna break up with you and i'm well actually she's really mad at him and then jerry mcguire says uh, I don't think this is working. Like, I know we're supposed to get married, but I think something is very wrong here. And she's like, I did the 23 hour climb to El Capitan in 18 hours. I can make this work. Like, yep. don't, don't, look at me, look at me. <laughs> and he looks at her and he's like, no, I can't do it. And she won't let herself be disappointed or heartbroken. So she just punches him in she the face. She gives him the old
0: one too. Yeah, real, <laughs> with, real hard punches. Yeah, Kelly Preston does not look like someone rock on wanna- a ring want to mess with. Yeah, even right. says that, right? To uh to Dorothy is like, "Well, thank thankfully she didn't get the ring that she wanted or else this cut would be uh worse of my eyes, so I really I really like that but space. Yeah. He, uh, he totally leans in right uh, feeling broken feeling vulnerable feeling the need for attention and that's something that we've learned kind of about jerry maguire especially there's like a like a bachelor party that he'd had like at his old old business and they make this video and it's all of these girls basically just saying that Jerry Maguire can't be can't be alone and he's definitely showing that right now and he leans over and uh, gives Dorothy a kiss and she's like that's probably not great and uh Jerry Maguire I really like kind of the the lines here some of the the writing from Cameron Crow and he's like he's like I'm just getting that feeling right now that you know I'm not, you know, embarrassed or feel bad right now, but I have that feeling that I'm going to be really embarrassed tomorrow. And I like that. And I think we all can kind of relate with that. Right. And and the moment you've done something real dumb and you're like, I can feel that this is going to be real embarrassing uh, as soon as I've come to terms with that. Uh, so so that so that doesn't look good. They immediately agree that this needs to be a professional relationship, except for like 24 hours later, they're like, let's go out on a date and hook up for real. Let's do it.
1: And what a scene that is. I mean, so I, mean, I got to say. It's a
0: little it's a little a uh, little uh, public display of affection uh, doing whatever they're doing on the front. Oh, my gosh. Doorstep no, of their house.
1: What, so we got to talk about it because, look, um, neighbors this, avert this, your eyes. Oh, it's I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that bad, but don't cry at the beginning of a date yeah just cry at the end like i do they they make it look incredibly erotic and all you're seeing is a close-up of renee zellweger's face and i gotta tell you at like at 17 18 years old i was like i don't have any idea what is happening outside of this camera frame but i really wish i'd known because it looks like it's amazing especially with the with the the music that's behind it because there's this really Mm. soft piano (laughs) and the plucking of the piano and she's like her breath catches it's amazing it's really hot um but one thing I really do love about this is when he's like, she's like, are, are we sure we really want to do this? And he's like, oh, hell yeah. So she goes back in. She makes sure that her son is taken care of and that he's asleep um, because he's her number one priority. And that comes back later. But then uh, he and her, you know, they kind of they make it to the bedroom and they're laying there and nothing, you know. Jerry Maguire says, you know, this is gonna change everything. And she's like, do you promise? Do you promise it will? Because she has been like hanging on to this idea that they're now gonna be this unit. And Jerry Maguire, not great at being alone. One thing that they say about him is that he's great at being your friend. Like if you want a friend, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. He can be there for that. But when it comes to true intimacy, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. And anytime you try and get close, he either is gonna push you away or run away himself. And we see that because over the course of the next couple of weeks, he spends more and more time with Rod Tidwell and Rod Tidwell's family trying to figure out what they need. They decide they've got this really horrible contract that comes in. They're going to be what they call a free agent. If you're like me and doesn't, doesn't, don't know anything about football, I guess what that means is that you're going to, you're up for, you're up for contract next year. So you better not get hurt this year because if you get hurt, you're not going to have a job next year. And so they're just going to, fill out, finalize this rest of this existing contract. And then they're going to be, you know, maybe they, maybe he won't play for the Cardinals. He'll play for someone else, but he's got to have a really strong year. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of pressure, right? Um, what I find really interesting is the relationship between Rod Tidwell and Jerry as this whole thing is going on. Because Rod Tidwell, he might seem really boisterous and seem really fun-loving, but he also isn't stupid. And he asks Jerry some very pointed questions Jerry is he really seems to just fall in love with this kid which is like the opposite of what you'd think right like mm-hmm. he in, is like instant family because he loves this kid
0: Yeah for sure and um yeah Dorothy definitely can sense that right and she even uh goes on to to you know say as much right uh, she's never seen you know her the son you know like take to take to like a man um in that sense like a like a father leave figure to him you know since uh she uh, had left her husband we never really get the story of that because uh they're at that first kind of actual date they go on uh there uh Dorothy says let's not tell each other sad tales or something about uh something to that effect when they're uh kind of talking about their histories there so uh that is pretty neat sentiment and yeah it's it's really neat kind of this time uh we're spending with Rod um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Is, is very excellent in this role, you know, very well warranted on the Academy Award there that he uh, wins for this role because you really kind of throughout the film see him kind of growing uh, into the story. Um, like growing into this role as it begins, right? I mean, you get kind of the boisterous uh, very first scene when he's calling him there from the uh, the agency uh, office and, you know, you're going through the, uh, the show me the money like screaming bit. But yeah, every time they have this interaction, it's, it's a little bit more of Rod Tidwell challenging uh, Jerry Maguire and what he wants in this relationship, what he wants out of this job, what he expects him to do as his agent and things like that. And you're also getting on the flip side of that, you're getting to spend time with Rod Tidwell and his family, uh, uh, his wife played by, um jesus I totally just lost regina king Reg- regina king who is amazing in this movie she's probably my favorite part of the movie uh to be honest but uh they their son uh she's pregnant and you're getting to explore kind of this relationship. So Jerry Maguire is not only seeing it, you know, from uh, you know, from the business standpoint, right? He's getting to like fully realize that uh that memorandum uh that he sent out, right? About having these personal uh connections and that's starting to happen, right, as their friendship is blooming. But it's also showing a light to Jerry Maguire about what like an actual, like loving, like family relationship is going to be, right? It's not like a it's not like a dependency on someone you know to be there because you can't you know stand to be alone um you know it's it's more than that It's it's kind of this this whole like package thing and you're getting to see uh that kind of play out for for Jerry Maguire but you know he's still very hesitant and reluctant to it um even uh when the very snap decision uh to propose uh, on the front lawn uh happens and you you immediately see kind of the disconnect um on that happy happy day when Jerry and Dorothy get married
1: yeah yeah, you really feel for Dorothy in this whole thing because she even gives him an out. She's like, you know, he's like, hey, again, it's all about the medical insurance. He's like, what if I figured out a way for us to do that? What if we got married? And she's like, don't do that. Do not say that unless you unless you want to. And then he does. And then, of course, she starts crying. He looks at little Ray in the car, and Ray is just completely despondent that he's losing his daddy figure. It's really, really tough. Um, mm-hmm. But then he's like... We're getting married, and of course, Laurel Bonnie has is looking from Laurel- the kitchen,
0: and she's, she's just like, like oh, "Don't God. do it to just get in the car and go. Get in the car and go, because uh, because Laurel, Laurel knows she's the only one that knows uh, her and Rod. Rod, who comes to the wedding and is uh, singing, not not the best singer, uh, Cupidating Junior. I will say, I will say, I love that. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna send this tape out to uh, to people, and he's like, that's fine. I know where you live, so uh, yes, yeah, so even him, like in, in that moment, like when it's happening, he's like. Uh, see see what you did? Now now you got married. Congratulations. Right. You didn't listen to what I said. Um, right. which is which is probably probably the best scene and probably the best acting from Cuba Cuba Getting Junior when they're they're there, they're walking out of uh uh some uh, it's like an advertisement thing he's supposed to be doing for a local like car company and they're they're kind of walking towards the camera and he's he's laying it out right he's he's like yeah i, I can help you with single mothers my mom was a single mother uh, let's talk this out and yeah jerry doesn't take his advice and the the marriage does not seem to be off on a good foot
1: it it doesn't i mean dorothy can see the video i mean that that's really tough i mean because she looks and she sees that Jerry Maguire's got this face like he's just like had to bury his dog or something. Like it's real bad. Um, Like, what have I done? Like this, this total look of like abject horror. And um, you know, you know that, that Dorothy kind of realizes this isn't, this isn't what she thought it was or she it's, it's not what she hoped. Um, But, but good on her. One of the things that I really love that this does is it doesn't, uh, project Dorothy as, as a victim of this per se, right? Like we, this could have Mm -hmm. gone that way, right? We could have totally been like, oh, you know, Jerry finally figures out that he's, he's in love with her on his own, but no, she, she stands up to him. Um, she has this conversation with him in the backyard and it's, it's one of my favorite, um, kind of moments of the movie. Um, when you look at a relationship, right. Where she's like, look, I think this is my fault. I think that when you proposed to me, you didn't really mean it. And I really wanted it to happen. And you know what? Everything seems fine. Like if we didn't talk about this, we could lose 10 years of our lives just kind of going around the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is you really love my kid, but you just you really like me a lot. Um, And he has no he has no defense because he knows that she's right. That's exactly Mm -hmm. how he's been acting. And she's like, look. I'm going to walk out and like, I'm not going to leave you right this minute, but she walks out of the space and he has to really sit with that. Um, because she's not mad at him. She's not telling him he's a horrible person. She's just like, I think that we made a mistake and, you know, let's take the break and figure you know, the, the long break you're going to have on the road with Rod, let let's take that time to really think about what we want because this isn't, this isn't right. And I really love that for me. Um, as an impressionable 17, 18 year old girl, when I saw this and Jerry Maguire's like, what if I'm not built that way? What do you want my soul or something? And she's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I deserve that. I deserve that. And you might not be built this way, but I'm not built to wait and and settle either. I deserve Mm -hmm. exactly what I get. And for me, I channel my inner you know dorothy boyd whenever i'm feeling like i'm settling or i'm not getting what i deserve um because she's quiet about it but she's not going to take any crap she's just like i'm i'm going to i'm going to get the relationship that i want if it's not with you it will be somewhere else cuz no matter how great you look, Tom Cruise, <laughs> you know, so good. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, they decide to to kind of go off. He's, they're going to be taking kind of an extended break because uh, Jerry Maguire is going to go on the road with Rod Tidwell, and then it's going to kind of culminate to here at a at a Monday night football game, which is happening, you know, kind of late in the season. I think there's like two games left or something. Uh, the the uh, the semantics of that are, are not what's important, but what is important is that uh, the Rod Tidwell, the Arizona Cardinals, have found themselves with the uh, potential of. making Making a playoff position, Rod Tidwell has turned in a very good season and uh, hopefully turns in a very good game here on Monday Night Football. Jerry Maguire is there um, in attendance. I like there's a couple of instances when we're seeing Rod uh, playing, uh, you know, football, you know, there for the Cardinals and it's going back to. Uh, to his home right so Marcy is there with the the son and then uh, eventually the new baby and kind of the rest of the family and they're all uh, you know kind of cheering him on I re- I really like that kind of back and forth but yeah they're at this game and Rod is having a very good game except for uh oh bad news you catch a touchdown pass but you land on your head uh, probably concussed probably bad uh, might have broken your neck uh, he passes out uh, it's no good I really like then you get uh, Jerry Maguire's running down and he calls uh, Marcy there on the cell phone you know uh, she's freaking out uh, naturally you know trying to figure out what's going on Uh, With that, and she's like, no, (laughs) tell me, tell me what's happening. But uh, all is good because uh, Rod Tidwell uh, springs up, does like a handstand, does some like breakdancing. All of a sudden, I don't know that you'd be uh, quite that nimble after uh, taking taking a knock to the head like that. But but that's what happens. And that's good because it's going to get you your contract that you wanted but more importantly than that is after Rod's finally getting the attention that he's wanted kind of throughout this whole thing right all of the reporters are there to talk to him um and what does he do he pulls over uh his new best bud Jerry Maguire. um then he talks about kind of this relationship that he has with his wife Jerry's kind of hearing that from Marcy uh on the phone and realizes uh that maybe he has is ready uh to give up his soul for someone
1: yeah maybe and it again, I love, I love the cinemagraphic choices that uh, were made um, for this because he answers the phone thinking it's Dorothy and it's not, it's his wife. It's it's Rod Tidwell's wife. So he hands the phone over and he can hear them. And he's like, I love you. And how's the baby? And what I'm okay. And and he just leaves. He just up and leaves, and you see him running through like a rental car, and he's running through the terminal on a plane. And this is all before September 11th. so it's actually plausibly uh, it could it could have happened. Who knows? Um, and he gets home uh, to see um, this this divorced women's group that's sitting on Laurel's couch. Um, Laurel is a is a nurse. Uh, And she has this divorcee group throughout the whole film, and they're talking about, like, does behavior change and are men like the enemy and all this? and, And who's in the divorce group now? Well, you know, Dorothy. She's like, hey... I've heard you guys tell these sob stories and you know, maybe men's the enemy, but I still love the enemy and she's kind of there to help clean up and in comes Jerry. And he tells her, you know, that famous scene. I love you. You complete me. And she's like, shut up. You had me at hello. And then they hug. and It's <laughs> wonderful. And it's everything's fine. Everything's and fine. The,
0: and then they hug. Yeah. He, uh, he even takes a, an about face there in uh, terms of the way he feels about Dorothy uh, for sure. And all is well that ends well, because we're going to end uh, kind of the film with a, uh, uh, I don't. I don't know what show it is. It must have must have been a real show. Uh, probably it's sports, the Roy sports, Firestone where having, Sports Show. I don't know. I never heard of that. But uh, apparently uh, Rod Tidwell is on there, and uh, he's made a comment earlier that everyone that's on the show always like breaks down and into tears right. on it. And he's like, "That's not going to be me." And he's like, "I'm going to be on there one day." And uh, so he does get on there, and he finds out that uh, Jerry Maguire has uh, secured him a new contract uh, for even more than he'd originally wanted—more than that, ten million dollars. It's like eleven and a half million dollars or something. And then Rod goes through and gives you know thanks. Thanks to everyone his offensive line thanks to his family thanks to his I don't know his mom or something and then uh, eventually uh, remembers and he gives thanks to uh, to Jerry Maguire. and Jerry McGuire then is seen you know kind of kind of hobnobbing again I think like Troy Aikman I think is the, the football player there Um, in that instance that he talks to and uh, all seems all seems good in the life of Jerry Maguire. he's got his he's got his his best bud Rod now he's got his client he's got his his big payday uh, that's been nice and more importantly he's got his love there uh, with Dorothy uh, and little uh ray who's going to throw a baseball real far uh over a fence and maybe that's going to uh set up the sequel i don't know uh not not today says camera crow uh but yeah that's that's kind of it it's really just kind of an exploration i think of you know of jerry Maguire's kind of kind of learning these relationship bits and um i hadn't watched this michaela since you know Pretty much when it came out, you know, maybe a, a year or two um, after the film came out. And like I said, you know, kind of the kind of the lines of this movie almost resided larger than the movie itself. So uh, watching this again uh, for that, there was there was a lot that I didn't remember that well, um, but it was really good. It was uh, it was a good kind of examination of this character. I think I don't know that like the love story of it played uh, quite as well um, in modern uh, storytelling. But what do you what do you think? What do you think about this one?
1: I mean, I I tend to agree with you. Look, I love the beginning and the middle of the love story. Um, I think that the last, like that, when Jerry Maguire goes and he delivers this monologue, it's like it literally is like four sentences, and then it's over and they're fine. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's it cheapens it a little bit now uh, that I'm older because I'm like, yeah, what exactly? First of all, what did you say? Because I didn't quite understand the monologue, uh, now that I'm older, um, like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he just kind of wakes up because he sees this relationship that his friend has and he wants that. Um, but he doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't take ownership of like, I need, I, I, you know, I'm going to let you in or I I want you and I, I, you have my soul and hear it like none of that. It's just kind of like, I love you. You complete me. I don't, I don't know. So I I tend to agree with you there. I think it's a little too, too quick of a turn. I love what's feeling. a little little thin feeling at the end um i love the relationship that grows and you see the dynamic of friendship between jerry and rob though and i really love how that that plays for me beautifully every time this is one of my favorite movies um i don't see it very often but every time i see it i pick out something else that i really love look When you have a real deep friendship with somebody, you should be able to have some of the really hard conversations. And they have a lot of them. Rod tells, you know, gives Jerry advice and says, Hey, what are you doing about your marriage? What is happening? And Jerry says, not everybody has what you have. And Rod just asks him, you know, why did you do it then? Why did you get married? Like, why did you do that? You didn't have to do that. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, because Jerry's feelings are hurt and he doesn't want to talk about that. He goes right into being like, "All right, Rod, you want to talk? We're friends. Here's why you're not getting your money. Here's what you're doing wrong." Like, and they're they're kind of fighting about it, but they're both right. And then at the end, they're like, "I'll see you in LA." Because they know that as even though they've said these really hard to hear truths, They care about each other enough enough to know that this isn't going to break them. Mm -hmm. And I really love that because I think in this day and age, um, friends have a tendency to be these fair weather friends that only tell you, you know, what you're doing right and what they love about you and kind of this um, affirmation versus like, hey, I think you're really screwing up here. I I really want to tell you. And you can be mad at me, but I'm still going to be here for you tomorrow, even if you are. And I loved yeah. that.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a really great scene um, kind of after a practice or a game or something. And Jerry Maguire is there and, <laughs> yeah. uh having having this chat with uh with rod and uh that's when you get the get the line right like help me help you he's like you're not listening uh, to the things you need to do these things if you want to want to get this contract and you know help me help you and uh you know rod kind of throws it back in his face and Jeremy Maguire goes and, and kicks the wall and storms out of there and Rod uh, Rod says something along the lines of why are you leaving we're finally having a good conversation and you know it's that it's that kind of a uh, sentiment throughout I really like the the scene you alluded to there when you know it's like he's like we're friends so I have to tell you this hard stuff and Jeremy Guy tells him and rod like sets his back down he's like i don't want to be friends yep. uh, i won't be friends no re- so more really really good so it does a really really good job of of that relationship and and you know obviously you know the the tom cruise renee zellweger you know uh, love affair that's that's very easy to look at and be like oh that's great but but for me like the like that bit of it seems seems a little bit thin it spends a lot of time uh kind of setting up uh the fact that jerry mcguire is a sports agent and that he's leaving this thing right it's like the first like 45 minutes of the movie before he even like is is out the door at that first uh sports agency because uh this is a cameron crowe film and by all accounts jerry mcguire is a rock star rod still is a is a rock star um, and that's kind of the story that he's telling. Uh, speaking of Cameron Crowe, uh, it looks a lot like a Cameron Crowe film, I think. It's got kind of this uh, this yellowish uh, lens uh, cover uh, on when Jerry Maguire's in a good mood. It's got this bluish uh, tint when he's in a bad mood so you can look for that and there's a really great scene. Uh, Jerry Maguire's in the car and he's like flipping through the radio stations and it's like, bad song, bad song, bad song and then I think it's like Bruce Springsteen or something. Uh, comes no, it, or, it is uh, Free Falling by, by Tom Peck. By- Hatt- Tom Petty Um, and then the and then the uh, the Bruce Springsteen song uh, that's in the film uh, Secret Garden is played almost as like the like the love anthem uh, kind of of the film right it keeps playing over over the backdrops of the you know kind of scenes between uh, Jerry and Dorothy Uh, there is their love is uh, being explored so.
1: Also, fun fact: Amy Mann's "Wise Up." This is the second movie uh, that is in a Tom Cruise film. This is the second Tom Cruise film that it's been in. Uh, he it was also in Magnolia, where they all kind of sing it together. It's kind of interesting. Um, I remember this soundtrack being like a conglomerate of just really strange things. You got you got Elvis Presley's "Pocketful of Rainbows." You got "Magic Bus" from the Who. You got Nancy Wilson. Oh my gosh! And my all-time favorite. Let me see. So my all-time favorite song from this is We Meet Again. It's Mm -hmm. this instrumental. Um, It is, uh, it's from Nancy Wilson. It's like this beautiful like string guitar. And then at the very end, it's like three lines. And I just love this instrumental. I feel like it's more of an instrumental than anything because the last, you know, like I said, it's only three lines of, of lyrics, but I love it. And I love where they put it because they put it every time um, or they put a piece of it every time Jerry Maguire is saying goodbye to both Ray and Dorothy. So when they're moving away, when he's dropping them off at the air, when they're dropping him off at the airport, it's there and it's so good. I don't know why I love it so much, but it it's one of those songs that stops me and like takes my breath away. Um and I would have never known about this song if it hadn't been picked by whoever uh, Cameron Crow probably picked and picked all of these. I'm sure. <laughs> well, um, well, on a on a uh,
0: on a on a quickest side, uh, Nancy Wilson uh, was married to Cameron Crow uh, at the time. She's a member of the uh, rock band Heart, uh, and she uh, served uh, as the as the as the scoring uh, coordinator for the film. So there you go.
1: Well, there you go. Well, I wonder now that I wonder if that was a love song that she wrote for Cameron Crow. <gasps> Oh my gosh, so great. And some of the best love songs are ones without lyrics, because if you can talk about it, then it, you must not be enough. I don't know.
0: Mm, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I do know that the love between uh, Jerry and Dorothy is real and they are happily uh, ever after. Uh, hopefully, uh, I guess out there. Apparently there were some uh, some talks of, you know, doing spinoffs like a TV series or something like this, but uh, Cameron Crowe always kind of said, nah, uh, not that interested in doing that. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, Jerry McGuire. Like I said, it's not something that I watched like recently at all. Like I probably had not watched it for I don't know, 25 years, something like that. So it's interesting going back back to it to uh to see it again because you know a lot of the stuff you remember, obviously the the lines, you remember the Cuba Gooding Jr. performance, you remember the Oscar speech speech almost as much as uh the performance in the in the film there. But it was it was interesting going back and seeing the way that um you know, kind of love story like this was, you know, portrayed 30 years ago. I think it would be written. Uh, differently uh now if you're doing it uh maybe you'd spend more time there but it it's really good and it really kind of highlights uh these acting performances which is why they were so heralded um and it kind of you know got renee zellweger like into the zeitgeist and propelled her you know uh, five years later she was going to go on a string where she was nominated for an oscar uh, like three years in a row i think so um and won two of those potentially or one of those at least so um yeah it was it was kind of this uh this big culmination and then cameron crowe and uh tom cruise will go on to uh do vanilla sky a few years later as well uh together so um so yeah this was a good one it was really fun to to go back and and re it and see kind of the the career progression i guess of um you know especially Cuba getting jr and renee zellweger coming from from this film
1: yeah for sure um like i said it's one of my favorites i definitely think if you've not seen it we've spoiled it for you perhaps but it's worth your time um, and listen, if you have seen it and you don't know what we're talking about with the soundtrack, uh, I'm sure the rectangle that you have has a way for you to listen to the soundtrack. And if you can get it on vinyl, it's probably even better. Enjoy that because the, the soundtrack is kind of a, a, an other world all
0: in itself. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, that is Jerry Maguire. Let us know if you uh, watched it uh, back in the day. Let us know uh, if you would like to be uh, shown the money or um, you if you had us uh, from hello, let us know that. And let us know if you make uh, you had me at hello uh, from the uh, cocktail this week. Let us know what kind of sorbet you used and uh, let us know what you think about uh, sport games, uh, I guess, Uh, NFL, the Arizona Cardinals are your jam. Let us know that you can do that uh, on our social medias. That's at drink the movies on Instagram and X and threads and blue sky and Facebook.com. Com slash drink the movies. If you want to support the podcast further, you can go to patreon.com slash drink the movies. We've got bonus content out there, including our uh, coverage of uh, the original Mean Girls, the 2004 version, uh, just uh, this month going on. We have extra uh, bonus cocktail chats and stuff like that. We're going to be getting some Oscar uh, bonus content out there. You know, now that the uh, nominations are out for that, we're uh, we're neck deep in getting our Oscar watches done. But I think we're we're in pretty good shape. We're in pretty good shape this year. Um, so we got that going on. You can go to our website, www.drink.com the movies.com if you want uh, written uh, recipes pictures all that good stuff you can find that there um and you want to make sure that you get subscribed to the podcast we've got a lot of good stuff coming uh, probably some oscar stuff uh small classics coming back to the theater we're going to be uh, talking about as well so michaela where can they do that
1: you can find us on apple podcast spotify stitcher good pods near pods Anywhere where you're listening to right now, I'm sure on your little rectangle, there's a subscribe button. We try to do two drops a week. Uh, Oscar season is newly upon us. I'm super excited tomorrow. uh, Well, let's see. Yeah, as of this recording tomorrow, we're going to have the nominations come out. So I'm really hoping that we don't have 70 movies to watch. Uh, We probably will have quite a few still left, but that's fine. Um, But we're going to talk about all the movies, all the things. Um, We're really excited and grateful to be able to do this. If you're liking what you're hearing, leave us a five star review. Share us, share all of our stuff on social media really helps us get the drink, the music, drink, the movies, Uh, all the drink, the things out there
0: that's right absolutely so uh yeah thank you so much for tuning in to jerry mcguire stay tuned we're gonna have some uh more fun stuff coming at you next time but uh with that in mind michaela i'm gonna i'm gonna go uh to the store i'm gonna pick up uh i don't know i think like some mango uh, sorbet that sounded pretty good when you mentioned that i think i'm gonna give that a try so let's go mix up a couple of those and we'll talk to everyone next time on drink drink the the movies I think my favorite line in the whole movie is when they're leaving the uh, NFL draft thing. And <laughs> and Rod's like, uh, didn't we come here in a limo? They're getting into a, <laughs> a cab to go back to the airport.
1: Yeah, no. And my favorite is probably Laurel and her sitting while Laurel's having a cigarette. And she's like, don't worry, he's not going anywhere. And she's like, I don't want to talk about this. But you can't talk about anything else, can you? And she's like, nope, I'm incapable of small talk. It's definitely my favorite.